good morning. Well, to some of you, it's afternoon for folks on the East Coast. And um, I'm super excited to introduce uh, Russell Kirkpatrick today. He is someone that I met through um, Common Grounds Unity, which is an effort to unite all streams of the restoration movement. And um, Russ works for Pray.com, and it's a really fascinating um, company. It's really interesting. I love what he's doing. And so, um, Russ, I'm going to hand it over to you and let you just talk about what's going on. And um, at the end, we'll open up the floor for some discussion and questions. And there you go. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, everybody. And Brandon, thank you for that devotional. I'm over here. Uh, when you were bringing up the uh, arrows in a young man's quiver, I got myself a little quiver up here with a couple arrows for each of my two kids. Uh, so I got to earn each arrow when each kid was born. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but I like what you said there. When life pulls back on you, get ready to fly. That was really cool. Really inspiring. Uh, thank you, Megan, for inviting me. Uh, thank you, everybody at Solomon Foundation. Uh, like Megan shared, my name is Russ Kirkpatrick, and I live in San Diego, California. So all this talk about weather, I don't know what you, you guys are even talking about. I don't even know what weather is. Uh, although we just had a hurricane off the coast of Mexico, so we got some wind and rain. It got wild for us. And what I would love to do is actually just give you guys a little bit of background uh, on me and then share a little bit about Pray.com and what I'm doing here, what we're doing here as, as a team. And uh, just really, really appreciate the opportunity to share. And I, I feel the love, I feel the family vibe in this room. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like I've known a lot of you already for a long time. Uh, by the way, brother, what's your name at New Church? You brought up John Basilio. Was that John Basilio you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, my name's Matt, yep, John. Matt. Awesome, yeah, I've known John Basilio for a long time. Uh, he was actually out here in San Diego mm -hmm. um, doing ministry and with the San Diego Church of Christ and amazing guy. Uh, cool. I grew up here in San Diego, San Diego Church of Christ, which is an international churches of Christ church. And my parents are amazing examples of how to fight fairly <laughs> and how to apologize and how to be real, how to be disciples of Jesus seven days a week. And I got to say that I took that for granted growing up. Like I didn't have some really cool, crazy train wreck testimony to share. But of course, over time now at 37 years old, I really appreciate the story that I have. And the way I think about it, I look at Steve uh, Hinton's uh, library behind you and Marshall's. I, I think about all the books my parents handed me. And then I had a chance to decide what I was going to actually pull off the shelf, right? Spiritually speaking, they gave me so many um, really tools. And so I'm really grateful for them. And I hit a crossroads in college. I went to San Diego State University, you know, where every ministry leader goes through, right, to get their Bible training, home of the Aztecs. Uh, so, of course, while I'm there studying hotel tourism management, which is a real major, hotel tourism management, that's what I went to school for. I was called into ministry while doing this business in the hotel business uh, area of study. The crossroads was all in for Jesus in the way that I was raised or the big, one of the biggest party schools in America, do I dive in? And for some reason, I know what it was, it wasn't my strength. God held on so tight and he 
inspired me to go into some kind of ministry. I just didn't know what it was going to look like yet. Right. Anyone else been there where it's like, I'm called to ministry, but how's this going to go? And in fact, one of the craziest things that's ever happened in my life. And if any of you saw a little bit of the bio, um, I have some very specific prayers that I've prayed in my life. One of those is for the woman who would become my wife. I mean, I got really, really specific. I sat down and wrote down five foot three, dark curly hair, strong personality. Why did I ask for that? I, yeah, to this day, I, I ask sometimes. Uh, I wrote, loves Jesus, of course. Um, athletic. So I even had, I had physical, I had um, spiritual characteristics. I had personality. At the bottom of this list, I wrote Island Girl. I, when I wrote Island Girl, I don't know what I was doing, but I, what happened two weeks later was in this ministry on campus that I was a part of helping start. Uh, we were doing booths, you know, where you set up tables and then, you know, on the first week of school, people start coming by and we had 60 people sign up to join our Christian club on campus. And one of those names was a girl who showed up to our first fun event of the year, which was a bonfire. And as she walked to the event, I look at her, I'm like, oh, hey, we met. I don't remember where we met, but we met. And she's looking at me like, I've never seen you before in my life. And I'm like, confused in this moment because I definitely met this girl, but she said she's never met me. So she starts plugging into our group, becomes like someone we felt like we'd known forever, uh, spent every day with us over a Labor Day weekend, Friday night at the bonfire, Saturday night, we all watched the movie Nacho Libre together. Uh, Sunday, she came to church with us for the first time. And Monday, we had this like volleyball and fun together, right? A week later, she has me and five friends over for dinner at this tiny little apartment near campus. And she's cooking some Puerto Rican food. She's Puerto Rican. It's called pollo guisao, if anybody knows what's up. Seasoned, mm, really good chicken dish. We're sitting there. I can still taste and smell the, the just pollo guisao dish. And as we're sitting there eating, I look up and she's got this hand-painted sign on her wall that says, Island Girl. And I'm literally, I still get goosebumps like to this day. And I, I think through this list that I wrote down, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I got to get an official height check on the five foot three, but everything else, this is her. We just met. Like, what am I going to tell this girl? Hey, this is crazy. I just met you, but you're it. <laughs> like, I know you're the one. I hope you like me too, right? So I did not do any of that. I had a little bit of self-control to take that list, that prayer list, stuff it in a little drawer in my room and just wait, which is like probably one of my biggest weaknesses. It's just waiting when I need to wait. And so as I waited, she got baptized. She became a really important part of our ministry on campus. Um, it was so cool to see her even in a, as a young Christian, like helping other people know Jesus. And we became good friends through all of that. We started dating. And then when I pulled out that list to propose in downtown San Diego along the waterfront, had it in a frame and she was still freaked out. She still almost ran 
However, she did not run. She said yes. And um, Carmen and I got married in 2010. And we now have uh, two young kids. I have a seven-year-old boy named Zion and a uh, five-year-old girl named Isabel. And that is one of the craziest things that's ever happened in my life. It is also one of the most specific prayers I've ever prayed in my life. And one of the interesting points, and I mentioned how I was called the ministry, but I didn't know what it was going to look like. As I was about to graduate from San Diego State, I was kind of at another crossroads because the woman who would become my wife, we hadn't gotten married yet. We we're about to get married a few months after graduation. She's like, oh, by the way, I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor's wife. I don't want to be in ministry. Okay, so God, clearly this is the one. Clearly, I'm supposed to go into ministry. Now what, right? And so I actually end up working in, in youth ministry, in college ministry for about a year and a half out of college. But then after that, I was like, you know what? My wife's a, a nurse. I, I'm going to go into hotels. We're just going to serve our local church and we'll see what happens, right? So we, we served our local church for 10 years in lay leadership. And I thought, okay, maybe God will use hotels. Like here I am at a point 10 years later, I've been working for Hilton. And I'm at this point where I'm in these meetings with the president of Hilton Worldwide. And I'm like, okay, this is my platform. This is where God's going to use me to, to make a difference and build a kingdom here in hotels. Now that week, I got together with my old youth pastor who had started a company. He had just started a new company called Tithely, which does digital giving, if any of you are familiar. They do custom apps and uh, church management. So tech for the church, right? He's like, hey, you should come join us as we get Tithely going. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> That's, that does not seem, that seems like out of left field for where God is leading me. He's like, okay. So I go home, I talk to my much more spiritual wife and she says, so did you just say no? Are we going to pray about this? Are we going to talk about this? I guess, yeah, we can do that. So we prayed about it. And as clear as Carmen would be my wife, this prayer clarified that I was supposed to leave the hotel business and go work for this tech company, the startup, serving churches. That was 2019. So you can kind of see where this might be going, right? 2020 hits, COVID. Guess where all my friends were who were in the hotel business? at home, but not working from home like I was. They were unemployed, right? And God, through his <laughs> divine work, I just, I, I couldn't believe what had just happened. We look like a genius, like we look like geniuses, right? Like, so I got out of the hotel business, what I thought was a very secure place to be and stepped out, went to Tithely. Tithely, while I was there, we were signing up about 20 to 25 churches a day and then COVID hit, we were signing up 700 churches a day, a day during the heat of COVID, about three, four months. And I got to be part of some really fun growth and build the, the team there, even do some training and hiring and really learned a lot. And that's also where I really opened my eyes and learned a lot just about the greater kingdom of God, the body of Christ, like all the, the parts that I, I hadn't really been exposed to growing up in the International Churches of Christ. I didn't have the opportunity to meet more brothers and sisters through various streams of the restoration movement and even beyond. And it really changed it. Honestly, it, it changed my life. <laughs> and after a couple of years at Tithely and we had grown like crazy and become this massive company, 
I was like, okay, God, what do you have next? Because I'm more of a builder. I like to be kind of more of the startup phase. And as I was praying and wrestling and feeling that, here's where pray.com comes in. I get the chance to meet co-founders of pray.com, Matthew Potter and Steve Gatina. Let me tell you a little bit about these guys. So Steve, he actually uh, didn't grow up in church at all. He was dragged to Catholic mass on Christmas and Easter by his grandmother. That was it. He graduated from USC, University of Southern California, with a video production degree and started a surveillance and video and media production company. He was actually the one who was licensed to strap cameras to aircraft. So he got hired by, I don't know if you know, a director named Michael Bay, and he did Transformers. And he did movies with Tom Cruise. So he had this successful video production company, $150 million a year company, 29-year-old CEO. Everything was going well. But his business partner, who was the pilot, who was like the Michael Jordan of helicopter pilots, he died in a uh, plane crash. And that rocks Steve's world, obviously. You can understand <laughs> that that would do what that would do to someone. And again, him not really, he didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't know Jesus, but he had a friend, an old uh, uh, business partner who was a, a Navy SEAL. Actually, he was a current business partner, sorry, who was a, a, a Navy SEAL. And he sent him a podcast of a sermon, a sermon message. And it was the first time Steve had ever heard the gospel. And it was through a podcast and changed his life started following Jesus, became a Christian. And he also at this moment decided there, there's got to be other people like me, right? Who are too scared or don't feel like they can walk into a church building, but they know they have a hunger for God or something. They know they have a hunger for something and they're looking to fill that piece. And so Steve decides, you know what? There's, there's a digital destination for sports, ESPN, right? He's like, I'm going to build a digital destination for faith. And so he meets with some of his, um, he's got all these connections, right? Whether it be venture capitalists, entrepreneurs, and he sits down with a guy that he got connected with who has a book of domains, web domains from the 90s. Third page, halfway down, pray.com. The four letters, pray. And he's like, okay, this is it. Here we go. So as Steve was going through this initial process of starting pray.com, this is, 2016. Matthew Potter is the other co-founder that I'll give you a little background on. Uh, he actually grew up, uh, he was adopted as a baby into Shepherd Church. If any of you are familiar with Shepherd Church with Pastor Dudley Rutherford over in uh, Porter Ranch, California. And so Matthew basically grew up with Pastor Dudley as like another father figure, or like an uncle. Um, his parents are the lead elders there still today. But when he was born, the church was a house church. And you may be familiar now, they're a mega church over 10,000 people. And so Matt did grow up in a ministry environment. Now he actually left Boise State a credit hour short just to try to be like Bill Gates. And, or I'm sorry, like, um, who's the other tech guy that, that left school early? Anyway, 
he's trying to be like a tech guy who didn't actually graduate school, even though he almost did. And uh, he started an app company called Homestack. And they do real estate SaaS, so software as a service for real estate companies. So he was serving companies like Anglin Volkers and Realtor.com and all those. So if you've ever searched for a house on your phone, you've probably touched his technology. Built over 6,000 apps in the app store. So he's the tech guy, right? You can see the, the, the production guy. And then here's where the tech guy gets involved with the app. He's going to get coffee because he's working 100-hour weeks with his company. And he's going to get coffee at 3.30 p.m. on a Tuesday and runs into Steve Katina, who I just mentioned. And he and Steve actually casually knew each other because of they were in some like entrepreneurial networking groups together. And they actually played on rival high school football teams. Uh, Steve was much better. He was a tight end at uh, USC, played under Pete Carroll, won a Rose Bowl. Um, but anyway, Matt ran into Steve at this coffee shop, right? And Steve's like, you wouldn't believe everything that I have to update you on. And Matt's like, okay. So they sit down. And, and Steve shares about how he bought the domain pray.com, you know, the story about his business partner passing away and what led him to that moment. And Matt's like, you don't understand what this means. I, last night, I was just praying that God would use what I've been given here in tech and building apps to do something more significant for the kingdom of God. And Steve's like, well, let's go. <laughs> and Matt said, I'll build the first version of pray.com. So they built the pray app. This was in 2016. Um, and now over, you know, a, a period of over five years, you have this app that's reaching over 125 countries and has reached top 10 in grossing lifestyle apps, uh, 13 million downloads of this app. And it's the number one app for daily prayer and faith video and audio content. So where, where I crashed into this and I heard these guys' stories is I heard who was involved and I was like, okay, I have to, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, they're getting investment from people you would never expect. So you have Richard Branson and Bill and Melinda Gates and TPG Capital, the largest investment firm in the world. And then you also have people you would expect, like Bono and Lecrae and Drew Brees getting involved. And I was like, this is big. And a couple other quick prayers I'll just mention here as I kind of go into a little bit more about pray.com is two of the other most specific prayers I ever prayed were in a prayer journal about 15 years ago. And one was that I would be partnered with celebrities, influencers to get the gospel out to as many as possible. The other prayer was that I had this burning for unity to Megan's point about common grounds, unity that I'm super involved with. And it sounds like if any of you were on that call, John Teal has been part of this meeting before too, who's involved with common grounds meeting and you guys know him. Um, so I had this burning for unity and I had written down a prayer that said, I pray that I would be part of uniting Christians across the world. And so this is another goosebumps moment for me because now here I am getting to serve with pray.com and strategic partnerships with ministries who really they range across the spectrum in terms of denomination, um, ge geography. And I get a chance to partner with some of the names I mentioned, you know, like Lecrae and Drew Brees and um, Dr. Tony Evans and Chip Ingram and um, 
Kel, like Keenan and Kel. We just did content with Kel um, on, on the app. So I'm living this answered prayer. <laughs> and so life so much about me is about these amazing answered prayers. And so thank you so much for letting me share that. Um, and I'd love to share a little bit more about pray.com. And then I want to leave some time. If I understand it right, Megan, there'll be a little bit of time just to leave it open if people want to ask any questions. Yeah. All right, cool. So pray.com, where we're at now, I can tell you a little about where we're at, where we're going. And where we're at now, I mentioned the 13 million downloads and the investment from all these individuals. So there's resources. You'll, you'll find pray.com commercials out on national evening news. So the platform's growing. We're, we're keeping our foot on the gas. And we are a company. That's something I want to make sure is very, um, you know, it's, it's said because it's kind of interesting, right? Like, we're a company, we're about mission and margin, right? So we're not a ministry, we are a company. And yet we knew, and, and the people who got involved in starting this company were like, they knew in order for it to be a global movement that, and because that's all they knew how to do was build companies, uh, that it had to be. And so here we are, we have this app now with daily prayer content. We can get on and listen to a, a pray through the word audio and read uh, a segment and it comes out push notification every single morning and then you also have meditative prayers kids version of the bible we have cinematic versions of the bible with disney voice actors um, you can hear james earl jones do the book of revelation it's pretty epic so if you want to hear you know darth vader or mufasa depending on you know what your movie taste is then you can uh my, my kids like to hear him, you know, doing Revelation, pretty crazy. Um, so it's really, it's, it's an opportunity for individual ministries and churches to get content to their congregations. But then also what I get to do, which is, again, I'm pinching myself, is work with ministries who are generally on broadcast media. So they, they have content, their sermon content or podcast content, and they're looking to expand their reach. They want to get it out to more people, Right. So now with this platform and the reach we have, 13 million downloads and growing, we have ministries partnering with us regularly to get their content on Pray Radio, which is a streaming radio station on the app, and or on Pray TV, which is a TV channel on the app. And then there's on-demand, right? So I can come on as a new person who maybe I heard, I saw a commercial, got on Pray.com, stumble across content, I can watch live and then I can go in and binge on-demand content. So that's kind of how it works. Um, I hope that's helpful to give you a kind of a quick overview. And anybody that wants to you know, learn more, I'd be happy to get with, with anybody you know, on a separate meeting to really talk more, show you more. But this might be a good time to just open it up for, for questions, if that's all right. <laughs> 